It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Hi, how was your week? Oh my gosh, you know what? It was awesome. I don't know if you noticed, but like I did a dance party walking into your house today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a good week. It was like, it was productive. I was way less stressed this week than last week. It's almost summer. It is summer. It is summer. I can't even believe it's Friday. It is. I know. Like this week was a just, I blinked and it went like so fast. I love that we recorded it. At the end of the week, it's just like a nice little capper. I agree. (laughs) And thank God my kids are finally done with sports, and it's like the weeks are a little bit more mellow. This week was crazy because I had a lot of fun EO board stuff, but other than that, it was good. Cool. So you know we are pretty different people, right? Yeah, I would say we're like in some ways like kind of polar opposites. (laughs) But there's one thing we share a really strong passion for. What do you think that is? Um, hang on, let me think. I would say shopping. Oh no, that's really more you than me. I can't. I actually have no idea. Wine. Oh, wine for sure. Let's just think. Umbrella drinks <laughs> for sure. I mean, we can't only share passions in cocktails. Yes. Vacations. Oh my god, yes. We both love a good vacation. I mean, who doesn't love a good vacation? And well, let's talk about a vacation, not life somewhere else. Because life somewhere else is with kids. Is with kids. Yeah, no, a true vacation is when you leave the kids, sometimes the husband, but usually the husband's along. Yeah. And you go on a plane and you just go far away and you sit on a beach. I can just hear the waves crashing in the background. And it's just like zen perfection. I can hear that. The sounds from Dukes of the island music. <laughs> oh, Dukes, Drink, yeah, in Hawaii. Drink. Maui's our go-to vacation spot. Yeah. And that Mai Tai, can just taste it. Oh, gosh, where's – I need – it's Friday. Let's go somewhere. Let's, yeah, I know. <laughs> Wes is gone. I could just leave the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Someone could watch them in this neighborhood. There's enough families around here. Yeah. I mean, there's just something magical about packing a suitcase and just – Having cute outfits and jet setting away. Escaping. Escaping. So today we're going to put ourselves into that vacay mindset and talk about airline advertising. Ooh. But with a little spin. We're going to focus on what the airlines used to do and how they used to advertise back in the 60s. Oh, when cool. things were quite a bit different. Yeah. First, people were a bit wary of flying like we were just coming out of the soar- or coming into the soaring 60s when flying was becoming more normal. Yeah. And the second thing that was different, well, that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> okay, cool. <gasps> okay, first look at this ad. What do you see? So it is an ad with like a pretty woman with a pixie cut and it says at the top in bold, I'm Cheryl, fly me. But, what is that? But look at how much copy is on the ad too. Holy cow, it's, it's like, like a, a whole it looks like a page out of a Bible or something. Well, it's clearly not today because now our attention span is that of a goldfish, eight seconds. Yeah, there's no way that would So fly. how funny because ads never have this much copy anymore. No. But 
apparently in the 60s, people liked to read things. So the copy is quite interesting to me because it seems like they were trying to personalize the stewardess and make it like a personalized brand by saying, we're more than just pretty faces. We are real people that help people like you go places. And you can call us by our first name, National. That was the airline, National? National, but that was the copy. So the copy seems very friendly and inviting and personal, but the tagline says fly. Well, the headline, I'm Cheryl, fly me. Like, I'm sorry, that is a little bit sexist and just like weird, right? Like, they're saying fly Cheryl. Well, or fly me national when you read the ad. So, yeah. I mean, it's definitely uh, meant to capture your attention, but I'm just wondering in the, what year was that? It was in the 60s, but they spent a fortune on this campaign. It was a $9 million a year campaign. For, in, in the 60s? In the 60s. Holy, what is that today? That's got to be like I mean, it's a couple gotta hundred be, million. Yeah. I mean, it was insane, but it was a huge success. They won a ton of awards for it, and they saw a huge spike in air travelers. Jeez, that is so – that's the weirdest – headline I think I've seen. Yeah. I mean, a lot of feminist groups attack them, of course. But I mean, think about today. When we're brainstorming ad campaigns, I mean, we go cheeky, we go funny. But when we go sexy, I mean, we're all cracking up. And those are the things that, you know, if done right, they capture your attention. Yeah, absolutely. Are they, could they be sexist? Absolutely. And also like, I think when you're looking back at advertising from that era, seeing like when we talked about like the 20s and 30s with like Lucky Strike and stuff, like it's a totally different era. I'm that would never fly today. Like clearly, right? Fly me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, maybe I mean clearly then it worked, you know. Yeah. But again, I think just the copy, how they personalized it was like toned it down. So maybe not as many people actually got the innuendo. Well, yeah. actually the men got the innuendo. <laughs> so speaking of the era, when I think back in the 60s, what do you think about? I think about like Jackie Kennedy. I think about like pillbox hats and like really trendy women and I don't know. Well, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Catch Me If You Can oh my gosh, with I my man Leo. Yes. And it's so funny because pilots were seen as these like good-looking men that all the stewardesses they had like a wanted. dream job. Yeah. And, yeah. and the stewardesses loved their job and it was just like everything was like whimsical. It was romanticized and yeah. for sure. I felt like airline travel was totally romanticized. Yeah. Just traveling was whimsical and exciting. I mean, I just picture people walking through the airport like laughing, relaxed, like grabbing their bags, like I'm grabbing your hand, pulling you through the airport <laughs> laughing. <laughs> and their outfits were so cute. I mean, they were hot. The stewardess, they seemed happy. But today, not so much, right? <laughs> well, I mean, airline travel is not sexy today at all. I mean, it's the complete opposite. It's hectic. People are anxious. The airports are busy, impersonal, rigid. I mean, every flight attendant other than Southwest, I mean, I've had a few on Southwest, but every flight attendant on the other airlines, they they seem like they hate their job. Like yeah, they're they're absolutely miserable in life. Like, yeah. why do you even, I mean, they're doing it for the perks. But back then, the bodies of flight attendants were an integral part of the airline's marketing strategy. Really? Yeah. I mean, again, women's bodies have always been a part of like marketing and marketing advertising, and yeah. advertising. But back then, it was like 
the center. So in the post-war period, government regulations ensured that fares, routes, and planes were like nearly indistinguishable. So everything pretty much was the same. It wasn't like Southwest, you can get the low rates. The planes were different. Like there wasn't a lot of differentiation between carriers. So they had to do things to stand out. So in the 60s, it was all about how they marketed their flight attendants. That's crazy. And most of the airlines marketed their flight attendants' looks and promised an exciting or erotic in-flight. Did they really? Did they actually use that word? Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you think that's when the term Mile High Club started? <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to bring that up because I have I have never – I don't know the history of that, but I'm assuming it happened in the soaring 60s. I mean, if you – the erotic, wait till you get to some of these things. Oh I mean, it gosh. had to happen then. Yeah. I mean, that, and it was so different then when you could actually go in the bathroom and, like, <laughs> you wouldn't have to have someone, like, guarding outside to make sure – Oh, my gosh, you know, yeah. The crazy part is the airlines introduced formal and informal policies to ensure that their flight attendants were all young, slender, unmarried, white women. Whoa. (laughs) Holy lawsuit, Batman. And they actually ran like job ads for requirements for height, weight, and marital status. Check. Oh my God. (laughs) Every HR person listening right now is like cringing Uh, and freaking out. Yeah, check this out. Okay, so they had the ad, again, talking about what the qualifications were for the stewardess, and then they advertised that anyone could be a stewardess, and we'll send you to these charm schools, and at the charm schools, we'll teach you how to exercise, walk in heels, be fashionable, make your hair beautiful, do your makeup. Oh, my God. And so, I mean, in the 60s, again, women were just coming out of the 50s, like, They were housewives. That's all they were portrayed as. And in the 60s, they wanted to be beautiful. They Mm -hmm. wanted to be sexy. And everyone wanted to be a flight attendant. Like, all these women were gravitating to this sexy job. It's almost as if, like, today there was, like, an influencer school you could go to. I know. But the crazy thing is these charm schools, not only were they popular for stewardesses, they actually got their name first by training fashion models. So Uh the women really – they were like, if I can go to a charm school, like that's, that's yeah, that incredible. must have been like a really prestigious thing to do. Yeah. And so it gets even more outlandish. The entire airline industry enforced this idea that for middle class women, this job was a short term stint between college and marriage. <laughs> They sold stewardessing as a way of acquiring the skills needed as a wife and hostess, as well as a means to meet a wealthy, white, marriageable businessman. No, that is, is that actually written down? In the ads. Holy effing cow. (laughs) Yeah, right? So one former Pan Am flight attendant wrote in her memoir that during her training in the 60s, they were constantly told that the job offered wonderful preparation for fulfillment of marital duties, learning how to make your husband comfortable, how to serve him scotch on the rocks, how to diplomatically handle a dinner conversation with his new boss. It was understood that working on an airplane, especially in first class, was a dandy way to meet a man. (laughs) I mean, hey, I mean, when you think about it, there are these women that are like, want to be beautiful, want to feel sexy. They go to flight attendant charm school, and then they're meeting these rich businessmen, and they're unmarried. 
but are we sure the rich businessmen were unmarried? We'll get to that. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so Miss Patricia Ireland apparently wasn't so happy about this dandy opportunity to meet a man. She actually later filed a formal complaint about this discrimination. And when the ruling was in her favor, she immediately, in the 60s, went to law school to be able to represent more women in these types of situations. And then she actually became the president of the National Organization of Women, and she still is today. Oh, wow. So, that's cool. you know, she was one of them that was like, this is not cool. Like she had the foresight in the 60s to be like, someday this is not going to be okay. And that day needs to come now. <laughs> yeah. And so Miss Patricia, in her memoir, she didn't even mention that they actually instituted mandatory requirements for sortuses to be between the ages of 32 and 35. So they That's also- late for the 60s. I know. But Are you sure? That's crazy. I know. But so they, they couldn't be in their 20s? But well, most women in the 60s were married and having babies. By you then. just, they said you couldn't be past 35. Oh, okay. So, and then if they were past 35 and they wanted to continue to work in the airline industry, they were pushed to like lower paying ground jobs. Like they could not be in the air. So you, they were automatically kicked out of being a stewardess. And <laughs> gets even better. They instituted weigh-ins to make sure stewardesses remained slender. So if a supervisor, male or female, was like, hey, looking a little chunky over there, they would pull out the scale and weigh them. (sighs) And if they were overweight, they were either put on probation or if they, like, gained way too much, fired. Oh, my (laughs) God. (gasps) I mean, that's crazy. Can you think – it's just insane to think about – how it was then. And if you even thought about that today, I mean, the lawsuits, the press, yeah. it would be crazy. Oh, there, there's no way it would happen. But today. women, again, were they were raised this way. That was the job. They took it yeah. very seriously. So interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I have to say again, there's something about women that they're beautiful, they're sexy, they're fashionable. They've always been used as this icon. Some people just didn't do it very well. No. So in 1965, Banff International Airlines announced an end to the plane plane. Okay. So like, like, the pla- like the boring plane? Boring plane. Okay. So they created a high fashion airstrip ad with the goal to turn the aisles into catwalks. Oh okay. God. Now this is your dream. I'm, I'm totally into it. If there's also like karaoke microphones that could fall from the ceiling while I'm catwalking... A hundred percent there. I mean, when I was thinking about this, I was exactly thinking about you. Like, I, you could totally see you work in the catwalk, oh, but then sure. at the end, busting in, like a microphone comes down and you full on serenade the whole plane. I'm in for this. If Sign anyone knows Melissa or knows like an airline that's willing to hire her to do this, I'm telling you, they'll get a ton Wait, of Wait, one time, I just want to say, Alexis and I were flying on Southwest to, I don't know where, some work trip on the East Coast. And we also were, like, desperate to fill this director position at Serendipit. And I was like, we got to get creative here. We need someone. Who cares if they're in Arizona? We'll move them to to Arizona. So I actually got up and talked to the flight attendant and said, is there any way I or you could make an announcement that my company is hiring and what we're looking for? I was like, hey, that'd be creative. They said no. 
Yeah, that was a frumpy Southwest employee. Yeah. Lame. But I can tell you, that's what's so fun about Southwest. If they could take it a little further, Southwest Airlines, and actually make it a catwalk, I mean, I'm telling you, we need some more in-flight entertainment. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Not boring Ooh, let's friends reruns. It's a freaking party. I know. How cool would it be like all of a sudden you get on a plane and, it's like and a the lights go off <laughs> and all the people that are grumpy, you know, you see them like you and I start dancing and then the grumpy people start dancing. It's just a full-on dance party. So next business, airline? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, they worked with the Italian designer Emilio Pucci, and they designed this uniform lineup, and they actually required stewardesses to take off or change their clothing in flight. So it wasn't just like a one-time catwalk. It was a full-on fashion fashion show. show. Oh, my gosh. So stewardesses would wear their traditional skirt suits and welcome passengers, greet them, sit them down. And then for the dinner service, they changed into a shift dress, a little more sexy. And then for after-dinner drinks, they changed into a knee-length harm pants. So they got, they're kind of like the trendy pants that are today. They're actually not sexy, which I think is very interesting. Hmm. They're kind of like mom pants, in my <laughs> opinion. But check out this ad. How awesome is that? Oh, Especially my for the 60s, right? That is so cool. It's like all these women kind of meshing into each other. It looks like it's painted. And it's like all their bright colored outfits and they're wearing these like scarves on their head. That looks like they're having the airstrip. So they called it the airstrip. I like it. Yeah, and this is not too sexy. No, it actually opinion. just looks like a fashion ad. Yeah. It's like a fashion week type thing. So again, they just knocked it out of the park. Did they did that increase like 50% increase in business? Holy cow. Just right? from that campaign? Just from or that. from changing it up to like a runway show? Yeah. So cool. Okay. I have another one for you. Okay. Get ready for this one. I'm gonna play this little commercial for you. Okay. To make you happy, we're out to make you pleased. You're flying continental, your flights will be a breeze. We'll hop to make you happy, we'll skip to prove it's true. On continental airlines, we move our tail for you. We really move our tail for you. To make your every wish come true. On continental airlines, we really move our tail for you. Fly with us to Chicago on Continental Airlines. We'll do a little more for you a lot faster to make this the nicest flight you've ever flown. Like we say at Continental Airlines, we really move our tail for you. Oh my gosh, that is crazy. I love how at the end, there's literally a stewardess sewing a man's jacket, like button on or something. That is crazy. Although I did like they had diversity in those ads. I was surprised. I didn't expect to see that. I know. And it wasn't all male focused. Because did you see they're pouring wine? But again, look how enjoyable flying was then. I mean, people were just, everyone had a smile. It just looked, everyone's singing. It's a full-on musical as you get on the plane. Alexis, it's marketing. Do you think every flight was really like that? I mean, (laughs) yeah. In the 60s, I'm going to go with it, all right? But seems like a normal ad, right? Totally. But what was the tagline? I want to, or we'll shake our tail for you or we'll move our tail for you. We'll move (laughs) our tail for you. (laughs) 
shake our tail leads into the, what we're going to talk about. Okay. I was yeah. thinking shake your tail feathers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, it was we move our tail for you. That okay. was the tag. And I get it because like in the ad, they're moving around to like service you. They're like bringing you drinks, tossing your salad. Not that tossing your salad, like actually tossing a salad and serving <laughs> it to you. They're like greeting you and like helping you and sewing your jacket. Like that's – they're they're moving their tail. Pouring your wine. Yeah. It's just like all the imagery of a fantastic flight. Totally. Right? But interesting play on words, Continental. So as you can imagine, what happened on that little dandy airline? I don't know. Yes. Well, men were asking stewardesses to shake their tail for them. <laughs> or were they really? Like all the time. So they – took it a different way. Like, this is not just a tagline for an ad and, you know, we're going to be servicing you. Men we're going to be servicing, servicing you. you. They wanted to be serviced. Yep. And so one stewardess complained, and when she complained, guess what her supervisors told her? I mean, I'm assuming it was the 60s. They said, just fucking do it. <laughs> well, they told her to stay on brand and tone, and – when they ask you to shake your tail for them, reply back in a flirty manner and say, why? Is it in the way? Oh, my God. <gasps> wow. I mean, they really wanted that campaign to be, like, all-inclusive, like, within the whole – the operations and everything. Clearly. I mean, come on. That was crazy. I mean, I have to say, I don't appreciate that coming from, like, a 2021 lens, but I do appreciate that they wanted that campaign – to be like all encompassing in the organization because that's what how any campaign should be. Yeah, right? I like, mean every like the employees should live and breathe the brand. Totally, even the brand tone and messaging. Yeah. So if you got to flirt it up and shake your tail, I guess um, you ha- had to do it in the sixties. Or I guess they didn't really encourage them to shake their tail. They just said, "Why is it in the way? <laughs> be a little flirty. Be a little flirty." I mean, again, sex sells. That campaign was instrumental in continental success. Really? 75% increase in airline travel. Holy moly. All right. Here's another one. I mean, it's just, it's so cool to see these ads because, yeah, these campaigns are crazy, but again, look how cool and cute, like, look how happy they are. Look at these. Actually, is that the 60s still? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Look at That's like Austin Powers-esque. I know. Look at their boots. I know. Their boots are amazing. They're like plastic orange boots knee-high boots. They're like go-go boots, the cutest fitted like stewardess costumes with these little <laughs> hats. They're I pillbox mean, hats, yeah. Yeah. What it, airline was that for? This was for PSA. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. I mean, there's so many airlines back then yeah. that we haven't even heard of, but look how cute. I mean, they're happy. And again, today, the uniforms are god-awful. They just are so unflattering. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people are stuffed in them, and they're just not good. Yeah. So no wonder they were happy. Back in the 60s, this movement was pretty powerful for all the airlines. And again, everyone jumped on the bandwagon, and everyone was just trying to push the limits of how racy their ads can be and because they had to differentiate this themselves, right? Mm-hmm. But it got really bad that all of a sudden there were novels written about stewardess, there were movies made about stewardess, and porn made about stewardess. So, <sighs> so like people all of a sudden were like putting them out there as these 
Uh, naughty stewardesses. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm just going to show you a... Please don't show me porn. It's I know it's Friday, but it's only Melissa, 11.30 in the morning. this one, you know what? I can't resist. You have to see it. <laughs> one likes them older and experienced. Another prefers the younger, more virile approach. While some girls just like men and men and men. The naughty stewardesses. That is crazy. So apparently porn's changed a lot, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, for sure. I mean, <laughs> if that was porn, I was cracking well, up. Well, that was just the trailer. trailer. They didn't actually show any of the stuff. That was a pretty conservative trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Continental, National, and Braniff and PSA, they all seemed to go all the way with the sex theme, right? Yeah, yeah. And United and American actually took a different approach with I thought was kind of interesting. They wanted to showcase stewardesses as like this ideal woman or the ideal wife. So they created these types of ads. Check out mm. this one. Oh, wow. The former Miss Butterfingers. It's like, it looks like an older lady. Maybe not. I don't know. I can't tell age in that picture, but she's like holding and balancing four teacups. It's more like the traditional homemaker ad of the 50s. Yeah. She's young, but she's also shown like holding four teacups like she can service you in any way, right? Yeah. But the interesting part is the ad, the picture looks wholesome and good and mm -hmm. looks like their advertising wife. Yeah. But the headline is the former Mrs. Butterfingers, which Butterfingers is, right? You can't hold anything. Yeah. You drop it, kind yeah. of making fun of a woman. Yeah. The text reads... Two months ago, Sherry Woodruff couldn't even balance a cup of coffee, but she was friendly, intelligent, and attractive, and wanted more than anything else to be a great stewardess. So we put her to the test. Five and a half weeks at United Stewardess School, we taught Sherry how to serve a gourmet dinner, how to soothe a first-class flyer, how to apply everything from the makeup to first aid, along with courses like aviation principles and geography. Today, she can warm a baby's formula with one hand and pour four cups of coffee with the other. More than that, she's still the same Sherry, friendly, intelligent, and attractive. And she wants more than anything to be a great stewardess for you. Wow. You know what this kind of reminds me of? We just covered Old Spice, like the this dream Old Spice guy. It's almost like because he was doing all these magical things that were like way out there. And like they're talking about her doing what seems like normal duties, but like all at once, like that's crazy that they positioned her like that. And they're positioning her as this ideal woman. But then again, it leads, they're making fun of her. They're too. making fun of her in the beginning. Like yeah. just, she actually couldn't do shit before this, <laughs> she before sucked, her school. Basically, and we just made her awesome. Yeah. And, and Mrs. Butterfingers. Yeah. Interesting. So then. That, yeah, I would be so pissed if I was an employee and that that's how I was being portrayed. I know. But again, I think that these stewardesses were so excited about going to these charm schools and the new person that they would become. And they, a lot of them had fun. But then I think as it progressed, one woman probably got pissed and, and it got, was got offended and it just got fired no up. question though, were those ads consumer ads to get people to fly the airline or were they recruitment ads? Those were consumer. Wow. That is so interesting. The recruitment ads were the ones that said how like how skinny you had skinny to be and, and that weight and how white you had to be. Okay, so this is an int another interesting one. This is BOAC airline. It was a an airline that flew internationally. Look at this ad. Okay, it's black and white. 
has a really pretty woman. It looks like it's a poem or something. I can't read it. Yeah. I really, and she's Asian. She's gorgeous. Stewardess Lancy Lee is an artist. When she's not flying, she's painting and writing poems on bamboo or studying Chinese abstracts or teaching children how to draw. Whether she's decorating a house or cooking, the result is always beautiful. If Lainey's aboard your next BOAC flight to the Orient, watch even more closely. She is a piece of art herself. So I actually think this one is cool. This one is not offensive. They're actually talking about how beautiful she is. Again, that she can do a hundred different things. There's nothing, no headline that's rude or sexist. I mean, there are some undertones there. The fact, in my opinion, and I know we differ on some of this stuff, but like, why do they have advertising focusing on looking at a woman? That's the weird thing to me. It's like, look at her, enjoy her, like take her in. That's what I get from that, you know? But I, I mean, yeah, it doesn't seem nearly as offensive just at first glance as some of the other ones. But again, they're speaking to their audience. Mm -hmm. At that time, it was businessmen. Mm -hmm. Totally. And people in the service flying to their next destination. Sometimes men would have their wives. I mean, I, everything I read, it wasn't, not a lot of kids would fly back then either. Yeah. I think it's interesting how each of these airlines portrayed it. Yeah. But they all focused on the stewardesses. All the like stu- every single airline. That's yeah. crazy. Because their target market at that time was men. Yeah. Right? So there was another interesting campaign back in 1958, which wanted to target the wives because they identified that they're targeting the men, but they are missing out on a huge opportunity of the wives flying with them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of wives were scared to fly because, again, a lot of this stuff was new. Yeah. It was They probably had kids at home. They're, like, freaking out about... What if they both go down? I mean, there was not enough information, I think, out there in at that era about, like, the safety of flying. Yeah. So American Airlines decided, hey, we're going to launch a promotion that allow wives to fly free. Oh. Smart, right? Yeah. So they'll fly for free. We'll give them a great experience. And then we'll follow up with them after to see how we can get these as our new demographic or our new travelers. So like basically the husbands would be going on business trips and the wives would just tag along or was it yeah, like- Yeah, kind of like Companion Pass now, yeah. right? Uh-huh. But they were targeting the women, but they had a huge miss because they only were getting in, like these ads were on in flight. They were all targeting publications where men were reading, Yeah, right? So the women didn't see these. They weren't like- asking their husbands to bring them along because of the promotion. The husbands would be the ones that had to go to the wives and say, look at this, like, do you want to come with me? Yeah, and on the airlines, so they would also promote, like, when they got off, guess what? We have a wives fly free promotion, everyone. Make sure next time to bring your wife. Go home and talk to her about it. Yeah, sure. So American Airlines thought the campaign was a huge success because all of a sudden, a lot of in quotes, wives started flying for free. Oh, why, why were there air quotes there? <laughs> uh, you'll see. Okay. So remember I said that their their plan was to capture the information and try to get them in and be, to become their new customers. Yeah. So the wives would fly free, and a letter to the household of the husband who booked the flights, it was sent to their house saying, thank you so much, wife, for flying, flying with yeah. us. We hope your trip was memorable. All these great things. We can't wait for you to fly next time. Um, 90% of the wives reported that they never took the trip and they never heard of the ad. <gasps> so 
Apparently, they weren't promoting to the right audience. So the husbands were bringing other women? Mistresses. Oh, my gosh. So a lot of this documentation says American Airlines was responsible for a huge amount of divorces. (laughs) Even in the 60s when, like, no one was getting divorced. Yeah. Crazy. That's insane. Or, I, you know, exposing adultery, which was insane. Wow. So – Then, in 1967, United Airlines tried a similar campaign because they thought, again, let's target the women. This was United this time? This one was United. Okay. Take Me Along. The campaign was complete with advertisements featuring mini-skirt-clad wives enticing their husbands to take them along with a zippy song and dance number. So, like, the ad, I'm going to show you, was so funny. It's like these wives, the husband just, you know, reading his paper, and the wife, like, dusting around him, dancing, take me along, take me along. I think take me along was a musical. It was a musical. So they actually played off the musical that the wives knew. Was it the same time? I don't remember the year that. Same exact That was like a 60s musical. So interesting. Can't you take me along? But honey, it's business. It's just a week. Be back before you know it. Take me along if you love me. Take me along if you love me. Take me along with me. I love you, little cutie, but the office is my duty. My heart will rise. Oh my gosh, that is actually an awesome ad. You know what it kind of reminds me is like an old Navy ad. Oh, for sure. That I wonder if that was the inspiration. Looking at your computer, it said Leo Burnett did that ad. Yeah. I mean, that's a badass agency. Are they still an agency? Yeah, they still yeah. do crazy stuff. So, so obviously this campaign, I mean, that was a cool commercial, so, right? I wonder if they had to get the – I'm sure they had to get the rights from the Broadway musical. They did. Yeah. They got the rights from the musical and they actually also sent out song sheets like to households. Oh, which was, as like a promotion? As a promotion. So women would like practice the musical and oh sing God. to their husbands. My husband would die if I like broke out. And, I mean, I actually have broken out in song and dance in front of him before. And was it like to convince him to do something? No, just like me being Because if I tried to sing and do a song and dance for Wes, I mean, a song, oh God, that would be horrible. <laughs> he, he would run the opposite direction. I would not be able to win my argument or get my way. That's no. true. It's a way to get him to leave. Yeah. He'll be like, peace out. Again, the United ad campaign didn't give free tickets to wives. They gave a third off. I mean, that's flipping smart though. Yep. But once again, they can't really track that it was men bringing their wives. It was just men bringing whoever was their flavor of the week, probably. But it launched with a nine-day campaign of $1.7 million, and they just blitzed it. Like, they hit all the TV networks with this campaign or with this commercial, and then they sent out the musical. And then the first year of the promotion, the airline industry's revenues rose 20.6% across the board. Oh, like the entire airline industry. Industry. So So it So this made people think about taking their wives along across the board. Yeah. So United actually did everyone else a favor. Yeah. And they did it in a more tasteful way than Fly With Me. It was more musical. It was geared towards the wives. And in my opinion, if the wives watched it, it was targeting them properly. Oh, for sure. United's revenues rose 30.6% that year. Holy moly. Yeah. So – Crazy. Yeah. I mean, that that was a good campaign. Leo Burnett doesn't do Old Navy now because Martin. Yeah, the Martin agency does Old Navy. Did Leo Burnett do it back I wonder the if day? they originally did it. I want to look that up because yeah. it's so similar. It is it's so crazy. similar. So the 60s 
the 70s and all of a sudden the industry started changing. You Mm -hmm. know, people were filing claims, there was lawsuits, and all of a sudden men started becoming a part of the cabin crews. Mm -hmm. As stewards in 1986, they officially changed stewardess to flight attendant. Mm -hmm. So it was gender neutral. Okay. And men started making up 14% of the cabin crews of United Airlines specifically. I couldn't really find you can across the across board the board stat. I'm sure that's a pretty good indication that like the others were trending that way. Yeah. And interestingly enough, not only did the term flight attendant change, but all of the uniforms started changing. Obviously, they didn't want to see a male in one of those the shift dresses, tight shift dresses <laughs> or go-go boots. But yeah. you know, maybe today. Maybe. <laughs> Again, I feel like the industry totally changed, but some airlines still felt even in the 2000s that sex sells. Oh. Check out this ad. Red Hot Fares and Crew, $9.99, like $9.99. That looks like an ad for like JCPenney's or something. I don't know. I feel like it looks like an ad for a strip club. Maybe, yeah. Because you don't see what she's wearing. No, I can't. You can't see what she's wearing. Yeah. So Ryanair was a low-cost air carrier. And in 2012, they decided to run this ad. And ironically, it said Red Hot Fares, but this ad was actually promoting their flight attendant calendar where the flight attendants were in their bras and pants. What? And they they created this calendar. In the year 2012. In 2012. Oh, my yeah. God. So these ads ran in The Guardian, The Independent, and many other top this publications. Is like a, this is like a um, UK-based airline? A UK-based yeah. airline, yeah. But it was promoting this calendar that was for charity. But it huh. was the flight attendants in their bras and pants. Very interesting. Okay. Did they get in trouble for that? Now it said they banned the ad, yeah. but I couldn't find anything that then. that year. But there was actually the Vanity Fair ad stated that this ad has been officially deemed sexist and banned. Yeah. There's so many other campaigns with cool legs and it's so shocking. There's even a whole swinger component really? that I could have done a whole episode on. So maybe we'll do a follow-up yeah. one where they started promoting sortuses and certain airlines as the swinger airlines. Wow. Yeah. So interesting. Crazy. So Vanity Fair had a ton of great stats on their sex sales seats article. Mm -hmm. The Vox.com ad that vintage sexist airline ads was, I mean, 10 pages of cool ads and just phenomenal stats of over the years how things changed. And then The Attic had a really interesting article, how flight attendants organize against their bosses. So it was all about how the shift really happened. Awesome. That was a great one. And it's so interesting because advertising for airlines has totally changed. Like, and we weren't alive in the 60s and 70s. Like, clearly we never saw this. We never saw anything like this. Yeah. So it's so interesting to even think about how it was done then. And clearly a lot of those airlines aren't in business anymore. You know, it's so funny. As I was doing this, I realized that I may be more of a history buff than I claim to be because I get so into this stuff. And I almost like put myself back into that era. So next episode, I think I'm going to claim which era I wish I was, I grew up in. (laughs) Totally. So thank you so much for listening. We hope you guys love this episode and we'll hope you come back for next week for another great story. So if you want to support our podcast, you can leave a review, five stars, please. 
on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Yeah, come back next week and we'll have more great stuff for you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.